All righty. This is the Whitetail Experience Podcast, and today we wanted to, oh, do a little more of a, a BS, a little looser feel for you guys. I've got Dave on the line with me. He's now a professional podcaster. Dave, number two, we're doing it together. Yeah, I'm a pro, like you said. Getting used to this crap. Yeah, you're the talent. <laughs> the talent. I wish. You're the one yeah. slaying all the bucks. You killed <laughs> last year's. Oh, it, it, we, we've changed our luck, so, so it's time to improve. But I hope uh, everyone out there in podcast land, uh, we did invest in a microphone, or at least I have as the host. Hopefully after this COVID-19, we can uh, be doing these in person, and so Dave and I can get that flow going, a little better sound. Um, but yeah, just appreciate everyone jumping on. And I think, uh, today let's, uh, Oh, we got a few things on our mind. We got some Turkey plans and, and I've been Turkey hunting myself and, uh, obviously Dave's ran of the day is a popular topic as well. Oh yeah. So yeah, Dave, uh, you have not hit the Turkey woods. I have been out. Let's see here. I did a little scouting prior to the opener on Monday and then I, I hunted, Oh, Monday I hunted a little bit longer. Tuesday was just fly down like first 45 minutes of daylight. And then today I put a solid, you know, two and a half hours and, and then logged on and, and started the day job. Um, so the next two mornings, um, I looked at the weather actually, they're both saying like, like between six to 8 AM, uh, the next two mornings are like 50%. So okay. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. Cause you know, the second I don't go, it won't rain. And then when I do, I'm going to get dumped on. Sure. But I don't know. I, I might try to chance it one of the next two mornings and just, yeah. you know, hopefully it doesn't rain too hard. Yeah. From what uh, our limited turkey hunting experience, it just seems like they like them sunny days. It, I don't think necessarily temperature matters all that much, but it does seem like sunny and, and like lower wind uh, days seem to be the best. Well, today was really cold and you didn't, you probably had the, the least activity yet today um right and it was yes. like 29 degrees this morning yeah i uh i would say i had the least amount of i guess i had a pretty good visual but yeah as far as gobbles on the roost i, I had the least amount um one faint and then kind of moved around and found two others that were um faint uh, I do wonder if I would have set up oh, more closer to where I found those two after like that first 30 minutes, if maybe they were, maybe they were hammering that whole time and I just couldn't hear them based on where I was, but you know, it uh, also could be calm. pressure related. I don't know. Yeah. It was pretty calm this morning too. Um, you probably, I mean, you should have been able to hear them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I was, I was higher this morning than I was yesterday. Yesterday, uh, Oh, well, let's we just get into it, kind of what we've done yeah. and, and some of the... Let me know, because uh, you funded the last three mornings. So yeah. just go ahead and go to, um, just go back to Monday morning and let me know, because I know we've touched base on this stuff a little bit, um, but we haven't dove into it too deep. Yeah. Um, kind of explain to me the whole story, as sure. well as explain to everybody else. So just a, a quick recap, Saturday was youth turkey season, and I actually was on the piece of public I'm hunting, and I saw more cars than I did during youth gun season on this same piece, and I was pulling cameras during youth gun season, and there was less cars, but then turkey youth, youth season opened, it, there was cars in every lot, although I did hear uh, two different birds kind of located and uh, pulled out and, and kind of came home, was only down there like an hour, and I was... 
I was thinking, man, if a couple of those birds live, well, I should be in the clear. And uh, yep. so Monday went after uh, the area. I heard more birds in, no gobbles, pulled out, uh, drove to where I was at my plan B. Plan B had two two vehicles in the parking lot. One had a camper attached. Um, so I drove around the backside of that. Um, started walking down the, the, the trail system and I heard a, a gobble and I was like, Oh, that sounds decently far. Let me, let me keep moving. And sure enough, one gobble. And you know, it was one of those that like when they're inside of a hundred, I'd say, and you feel it kind of in your chest, you know, you're like, Oh man, it's, it's, it's here. Like, they, uh, you know, this thing could pop out at any minute. And, uh, I felt really dicky moish laying down, like almost in the middle of this hiker trail system, you know, I was like, well, he's, 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 you know, within 75 yards, he may cross it or something. And, uh, that bird never showed. And I had another hunter walk out after he probably just hunted the first two hours. Um, and I, I straight lied to him, told him I was, I saw a coyote and I was trying to get a shot at it. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've definitely done that a time or two. Did you see anything? Nope. Not a damn thing. <laughs> absolutely um so yeah i uh, heard a couple gobbles like oh further back in then birds didn't seem too interested so i pulled out and uh, yesterday morning um was the morning to kill um i was walking in in the dark and heard a wing flap and i just laid on the ground and i pulled my coat out and and essentially no headlamp the rest of the time and sure enough somebody came walking in behind me and i think they set up roughly somewhere around 100 to 200 yards away I, I can't tell in the dark necessarily but like i definitely saw their headlamp <laughs> so so you hear some wing flaps and your instant reaction is to just plank just plank on them just just I lay down yeah I, w I was climbing this bluff and i literally just like i was like okay i just have to be able to lay on the ground until he decides to fly down and i'm going to try <laughs> and shoot him when he lands on the ground that was that was going through my head at the time so i grabbed my coat and essentially wrapped up like a mummy with my shotgun across me. And I, I pulled my phone out to try and see if I could get any footage of him while he was in the roost. Um, but uh, that bird must have either flown away. I don't know if they do that in the dark. You would have heard it, right? I, I straight heard oh, you mean it. Like, like the flaps, that was the bird flying away, you think? Maybe. That's what it could have been. Um, yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, okay, so I did end up hearing two, two gobblers pretty close, uh, we'll call it an hour into this hunt, and uh, maybe I heard them, and they were, say, 70, 100 yards away, but that wing flap sounded like it was, like, literally within 30, 40 yards of me. Like, it, you know, I've walked under them enough during, uh, oh, whitetail hunting. Um, yeah, so I just dropped to the ground, and literally, I was like, if I just stay here in the dark, maybe I'll catch him on fly down, and my, my thought was I'm going to lay on the ground like a mummy. And when he flies down, I'm going to sit up to get into the shooting position and I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> so you were laying on your back? I was laying on my back, dude. There was like, there was like four uh, shooting stars. I said, man, the universe is aligning. I'm about to smoke this turkey at sunrise. <laughs> dude, if I would have been home with you, I'd be like, get your ass up. What are you doing? <laughs> well, why would I walk away from a turkey? I mean, I guess I would have confirmed it before I just decided to just lay down and take a nap. But and, and I thought about that. I thought about just taking that beam <laughs> and just shining it in all the trees. I just didn't know if that was like, like that would ruin my hunt or, or, or you know, I had no idea, man. I'm just. Uh, are they? Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how light sensitive, um, you know, turkeys are. 
Dude, I have straight beamed a, a turkey like that was only probably like 40 foot up in a tree, like right under it, and it didn't fly away. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, so I don't know. Do people, I don't, yeah, maybe this could be a question for people that can respond, you know? Yeah. Should dude. we live about our light? Is there, is there a color we should use, like green or red or something, or, or just use the white? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't walk in the woods with a red light. I'll trip on everything out there. <laughs> That's for sure. I was talking to Zoe about this the other day. I was like, the red and green headlamps, you can see like two foot in front of you. Like, they're nice for like getting in your bag or something like that. But like, if you're going to do anything, just turn that white light on. Yeah, I'll use the green one if I'm on like a logging road sometimes. Because like, I can just stay on the trail, you know? Sure. But not the red. I use the red only if I'm like, in my stand i'm already set up and then i'm like filling in my bag i'll use the red that's yeah that's when i use the the red for the most part um the green you can see a little bit better but who knows what i don't know what turkeys i know turkeys can see color but but does the light affect them that much i know that they're so dumb you can pop a blind up just in the middle of a field and they'll walk right up by it yeah so i don't but but they're going to be scared of a little headlight so i don't know yeah. So, okay. Daylight comes, right? There's no bird in the tree that I laid under. I get up this bluff and I hear two gobblers and, and they're probably 150, 200 yards. But this other hunter that walked in behind me, we got like a triangle going on. Like the birds can come to me or him. Um, and, and so I, I'm up on a bluff. So I'd actually cut distance to the birds and I have no problem cutting this hunter off in my opinion, because one, I was in this piece first and he clearly chose to park behind me. Two, he walked in and I looked back at him like a couple times as I was like, you know, getting across, you know, getting set up. So he chose to, to continue to follow me, I felt like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had no problem cutting this guy off. In my opinion, he'd already like kind of been a dick. Um, and, and so like I was, you know, I closed distance and we still have kind of a triangle effect for these birds. And uh, I kind of could tell towards the end that they had chose his, his route. Um, he sweet talked him better, man. Yeah. Yeah. He must have. Um, but then I'm sitting there and I turn around and I've got a bird at 30 yards and it's like kind of going away from me. And I'm, I'm kind of, uh, actually I don't see the best, uh, I don't see red, orange, yellow, the best as far as a colorblind perspective. So I'm staring at this bird trying to oh, figure out if it's a male or a female cause full send on the Jake, I'm not looking for any, any long beards. Yeah. So bottom line, I stare at this turkey and it's kind of working away. Well, it kind of turns and starts coming to me. So it goes from say 25, 30, it's in this like mini ditch and it's probably 12 yards. And I'm like, well, I'm going to jump shoot this thing if I can ID it. And uh, I never could see a beard and I never really got a good beat on what color its head was. If it did have, you know, I just never could ID it. Um, I would have shot it probably at first glance if I'd have said, oh, turned over my shoulder. That's a Jake. I could have, I think I could have shifted my weight without spooking it to get a shot off because it wasn't exactly facing me. Um, I had enough cover. Um, so at 15 yards, the thing goes MIA in the ditch. I have no idea if it went high, low, behind me, looped. I have no idea where this bird went. And just about that same time, the two turkeys from below that were gobbling at the other hunter they they got spooked and I hear them kind of running from a distance and I turn to my right and they scoot by me at like 40 yards oh running away from that other hunter um and I could kind of just make them out through the through the timber 
So, you know, I had three birds potentially inside of 40 yards and I have no idea, you know, I assume, you know, maybe the, the, the solo, you know, I still even really never got a bead on them, never got an ID. Um, now, so were that, the two, that, that has the been two, the highlight. The two running, mm-hmm. were you sure that they were Tom's? Was I? No, I have no idea. Like I could, you know, I, I was hunting, oh, in the timber and there's a decent amount of, uh, oh, undergrowth, not like a thicket thicket, but there is some undergrowth. So like I could barely see them and there's a few cedars there. So I could see bebop and like, I, I could just tell they were turkeys running. I have no idea. I would just assume they were the ones that I heard gobbling towards the other hunter. Yeah. Now when you, in hindsight, so you got this bird that's unidentifiable at 12 to 15 yards in a ditch. I mean, 12, mm-hmm. 15 yards, that's pretty damn close. Yeah. In hindsight, because you thought he might pop up or he or she might pop up and you might get another visual at it here in another couple steps, but you didn't. So in hindsight, would you have just got up and just ran 10 yards real quick? And so. You could have seen what it was and then you could have shot it, you know, because if, I mean, if you're, I mean, you can't really shoot turkeys at five, 10 yards anyways, because your spread doesn't open up, they say, right? You don't yeah. want to shoot them like that 20 mark. Yeah. So you so, could have worked over there real quick, maybe identified it, and then shot it kind of as it was scooting away. So that was actually like my plan. So as this bird enters the crack, I realized like I may lose this bird in the crack. So I actually, I, I put one hand down and got to my knee. So, so I, I gained like a foot in elevation and I couldn't see him, couldn't see him. I went ahead and stood up because my thought was if I can see a red or if I pick up a beard at say 10 yards and he starts to run away, I can snap shoot him. Oh yeah, um, I, for sure. But, but when I stood up, dude, he was gone. Like, like <laughs> I, I think he came into that crack and then out this other angle that, that I just never could see him above some of the brush as, as I was kind of making my move to, because when I s- stood up, when I went to, you know, knee to stand, I was definitely, I put my hand down on the right and put it in an area that there were no leaves to hopefully, you know, he would be seeing me as I was identifying him and shoot dead bird. Hope that was my hope. But so, yeah, like I was definitely planning like, dude, I need to, I, we've seen it before that, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, let the Turkey, you know, you're there last minute and to and, and shoot him. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, you know, instances like that in the hunting world, you know, just everything's in hindsight, you know, at the time you probably, you you had to make a decision and you probably made the right call, but, you know, now you're thinking back, like, man, as soon as he went in that ditch, if I just sprint it over there real quick, I might be able to take a look at it, you know? Sure, sure. Or what if I'd have just sat completely still and he – because he might have heard me go to, you know, to my knees and then stand up. He might have heard that and and, yeah. and kind of, like, quickly got out of there and I never saw him just due to the underbrush. You know, how do I know if I wouldn't have sat still, he wouldn't have worked his way um, – into a shooting lane and hell dude at the end of the day it could have very easily been a hen like it there was it was not (laughs) an easy to identify bird yeah yeah it's kind of one of those things you know you just got to make a decision at the time and and deal with it and then regret it afterwards usually that's normally how it goes (laughs) yeah so yeah i guess uh to, to wrap up um this piece has some pressure um it has a good bird population in this pocket i actually Oh, was in a in a different section, same piece, and and kicked a, a hen to her uh, hen to the tree actually today when I was kind of walking around, and um, I actually texted uh, Garrett right before this podcast, Dave, and I said, "Hey, would you 
would you continue to hunt a good population of pressure birds or would you kind of look to go elsewhere? Um, you know, and he's kind of thinking you, you may want to go elsewhere. And, and I know you were kind of leaning that way uh, for me to maybe make a move here, especially after this weekend when, when we know pressure is probably going to be the max Saturday if, if the weather cooperates. Now, does he say, did they, do they just get call shy or um, do they just um, like abandon the area? He said they become call shy. They become wise to, to decoys. He just says they, they become much trickier to kill. And, 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 you know, if they're not goblin too, I, I would think they'd be, you know, it's like hunting a ghost, you know? Yeah. Turkey hunt um, seems to be one of those things like it <laughs> on paper, it, it can be so easy, but then, it, but then when you're out there and the little things happen here and there and it gets so damn frustrating. Yeah. You know, okay, go hear one in a roost set up, you know, hundred yards away from a goblin on the roost in the dark, you know, um, hit a couple calls. They come down, walk right towards you. You shoot it in the face. You know, that's how, <laughs> that's how it happens on TV. At least, at least that's what we see, but yeah. that's not been our experience at all. <laughs> no, no, they won't do certain things. They'll, they'll love your calls and, and then not show up. And you're like, what? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I know I've heard people say um, that they do get quiet sometimes. So, you know, so you got to kind of just be patient. You know, if you think they're coming, let them come. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think that's probably something I'm doing better at this year is, you know, call once, call twice, and then kind of let them come to me at that point. If they're going to show up, they're going to show up. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I find it very frustrating. And I think, too, the, the turkey pressure on this piece is kind of ridiculous. Um, to see more people turkey hunting than even, say, the, the rut. Um, yeah. And people are, are walking because you're carrying just a shotgun. It's almost like a, a, a squirrel hunter. You don't have to take a lot of crap with you to turkey hunt. Yeah, that is true. I guess I've never really thought of it that way, you know. Um, you can't just like avoid pressure by going far or going up a hill or something during turkey season because you know, you, no one's carrying a stand, you know, no one's carrying anything. They're just, they don't have to drag a, a hundred, let's say you shoot a doe, you know, a hundred pound doe, 150 pound doe, or, or let's say a 200 pound buck, you don't have to drag it anywhere. Yeah. You literally just take a shotgun and a backpack, you know, and you're, you're, you can just walk for days yeah that, that piece you know that piece here yeah it has a lot of access points and stuff um you know it kind of just makes itself easier for people who um you know maybe don't want to uh um, do a lot of hiking or do a lot of searching or go up and down any hills it's it's kind of an easier piece to hunt unless you unless you stomp thickets and um you know cross creeks yeah yeah exactly yeah i feel like Oh, uh, in general, yeah, you, you know, when I when I deer hunt a piece uh, anywhere really in farm country, like you can you can hunt thickets, you can you can walk far because people don't want to drag deer far. And yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah. But, so that's day, right? and then today is your third day. Yeah, today I I really don't have anything to really talk about. I, I heard a couple birds on the roost, uh, moved closer, and then I just thicket stomped. Uh, or thicket stumped. I just went for a walk at that point. Um, I did kick up a hen, uh, you know, and she, she flew into a tree and I, I watched her for a bit. Um, I could actually ID that turkey cause I got to stare at it for like 20 minutes up in this tree. Um, 
but she let me walk like within 15 yards of her. Um, hmm. So yeah, I, I, I must I, I was still hunting. Like I was kind of still hunting and calling. I don't know. I've, I've still hunted up on some turkeys in, in the past. I, I do think that's a, that's a way to do it. Did you um, try to call and try to get her to like call back or anything? So yeah, like uh, when she first flew up in the tree, um, I don't think she was too spooked. She was just kind of going like, you know, she, she kind of uh, put a little bit, I think is what they call it, where they're just real quiet, maybe trying to locate what, you know, if it was another turkey that kicked them up. Um, and so like my box call was half hanging out of my front pocket. So I did bump it a few times with like zero movement on my end. I had a couple thick trees between me and the bird. Bird was probably somewhere between 75, 100 yards, but I had like four thick trees and I could just kind of see her. Oh, um, and I was motionless and I had my face mask full up. Like, I, you know, I, I thought for a second, you know, she actually hopped a tree closer to me after uh, a few minutes of being up in that tree. And I said, no, she may come back. Um, and I was kind of hoping that there might be a, a, another turkey with her, but that was not the case. Yeah. And then if, I mean, I guess if, if you could have got her kind of yelping back to you, you know, then maybe, you know, a natural decoy at that point. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was just trying to learn something really like, you know, I was like, well, where's this turkey going to go or, you know. Yeah. And so she stayed up in the tree until you left. So we had like a 20 minute, uh, she was up there for about 20 minutes. And like I said, about three minutes after she kind of calmed down, she actually hopped the tree closer. Um, and then she decided to fly the other way after about 20 minutes of, of hanging out up there. She flew out of sight. So, so she yeah. took a pretty good fly then. Yeah. Um, it, and, and I'm trying to think it was, you know, also due to like the topography and the habitat I was in, um, this was thicker than some of the, the timber I've been hunting in. Um, there's some, so it, it's got more of, uh, some, some, um, multiflora rows in. Yeah. So you've had three mornings, all of them have been pretty short hunts, um, just due to, you know, work schedule. And then that's just kind of when you're hearing the most gobbles. Yeah. Um, have you heard any gunshots? Um, yes. I heard one today. Did I hear any yesterday? And did Anything I hear any? like on the piece you were at? Or was it like a private, like, you know? A, the, like, to, yeah, today's was a private uh, shot. It, it was pretty far away, and, and there wasn't a lot of public in that general vicinity. But, you know, it could have been just a property over from the public or, or a, a piece that touches the public. Um, yeah. But I was close enough to the border to be like, yeah, I think that's that's over on the private. But um, opening day, I want to say I heard one to two shots. Um, like right that, in right area? Um, well, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think where I was when I heard the but shot. You heard anything that was like, like in the uh, ridge over type of shots. Yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, I would say I think opening day, I kind of remember one of the shots I thought was on the public, but, um, and I, I think I heard two shots, um, but nothing that, that was like in maybe the, the section I was hunting. Well, I mean, so there's a good chance that there's some, still some birds alive in there, but like you said, it might be kind of getting call shy and getting difficult. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think my plan at this point, um, I, I might give it one or two more, more, uh, attempts, but I think I'm going to cut ties and, and go to some of the, Oh, the big woods where, where I can get away from some people and there's more land to roam. There's less, I, I think the pieces I hunt don't have as many birds. I, I feel like this, this area has got some birds that I'm in now, but it's just like, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of sick of uh, that feeling even when you're walking in in a headlamp and I'm the first truck there and I'm like, well, I wonder if anyone's going to pull in behind me and come in and ruin my hunt. That's kind of a, oh, when I whitetail hunt, I don't necessarily get that feeling, but, but here for turkey season, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's happening. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, um, public land turkey hunters don't have any like boundaries kind of they're just like oh i'll just go stomping right in here you know usually for 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 whitetail hunters i feel like if you're the first one in the lot you know you might get if it's depending on it depends on the parking lot obviously if it's like a big piece in one parking lot yeah another truck's gonna park there and go in and hunt because they don't they don't think they're gonna run into you but if you got kind of a general idea hey there's a truck already here they're probably in there you know you normally don't stomp in on them in whitetail season but it sounds like they're just like screw it you know fair game i'm gonna call them in before you do type of thing yeah yeah or like even then too like think about like a whitetail hunter if if there's two cars in a parking lot both guys are going to destination a and destination b and generally sitting the evening or morning and then going back to the truck turkey hunting you know you can you're floating around you're moving you're 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 walking about so like you know, there's just more disturbance going on. There, there's more ground being touched. There's more pressure, I feel like, being applied. Yeah, well, we turkey hunt like that, but I wonder if everybody else does. Because like yeah, you said, yeah. that guy walked right. He followed you, basically, because, I mean, he clearly had a predetermined spot. He said, I'm going to go to this spot, goddammit. I don't care if there's a person 100 yards in front of me, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, he was like, I'm going that spot no matter what which we don't really treat turkeys that way at all, but we're also not very successful. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that hunter that came in there, one, he was, he was actually decently early. It's not like he came in 15 minutes, gray light. Like he was decently early. Um, and, and so he might've known what he was doing. I have no idea. Um, but saw you right in front of him and you said you were flashing your light on him and stuff and he just kept on coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was that was discouraging. Yeah. Um but yeah, and it, yeah, it is what it is. Uh so the, the, his his van was actually there today as well and I I didn't see him come in but he obviously parked in the same spot. He probably went to the exact same spot again, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's I don't know. Maybe maybe it's one of those things with with birds. Maybe people are you know just play that game. Like I'm gonna go to this spot. I've seen turkeys here before. I'm gonna put on my decoys and I'm gonna sit here and call them till noon, and then I'm gonna go home. And they do it every day. Yeah. And they just yeah. figure they just play the numbers. Like eventually something's gonna come in. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, so yeah, I mean, um, Dave, uh, you, you, what's your turkey plans look like for the next oh three or four days here, and, and then we'll do Dave's rant and we'll wrap up. I gotta, I gotta jump on another call here in a few minutes. Yeah, so I know we have um, some rain, like I said, in the next uh, three days in the forecast. Um, I'm going to check it later on tonight and see if they have a more accurate reading on the six to seven a.m. Um, slot, and um, if it's 
you know, if it's above 50, I probably won't go. If it's right at 50 or under, I probably will go in the morning. And, um, you know, if I drive down there and it's just pouring down rain and I just get soaked and I just call it a day in 45 minutes and so what, at least I, at least I was out there for a little bit, you know, I gave myself a chance. Um, I'll take a raincoat and stuff and see what, see what it's looking like. Maybe I can at least hear one, locate some general vicinities and then go back out when it's a little bit better day. Yeah, um, that's what I thought about is you could go just even for that, that fly down period or that first 45 minutes when they really, really are talking. And, you know, if you locate a couple birds and, and then they get quiet because the rain rolls in or whatever, well, then if you can turn around and hunt either Saturday, Sunday or next week, Monday, Tuesday, you, you, you got a starting point. Yeah, exactly. You know, if I can at least just just locate a couple gobbles, um, then I got a starting point for for the next decent day. And I plan on basically the next four um, mornings, I plan on trying to go, um, whether, you know, maybe, maybe not, but they're all a potential possibility. Um, okay. If we get a decent morning, that's going to be a little bit warmer with no rain. I do, uh, I do want to take Peyton out with me if I can, but uh, I'm not going to have her going out there and, and freezing and stuff. Oh yeah. You get, you got to make sure it's a good day for her. Yeah, and we got the whole season. I'm not in too big of uh, too big of a rush. Like I said, we killed our two birds at the tail end of the season. And didn't we feel like it peaked somewhere around? I think the best gobbling day uh, we we kind of noticed tends to happen. I feel like late April. Yeah, I think I remember hearing somebody talk about it. It's kind of like that, um, like that late rut for whitetail. Like they kind of um, they got start searching. Yeah, start become like what was Drew call it desperately seeking phase or something. Yeah, I think similar to that. Just like I think towards the end of the of the breeding season, they maybe um, those toms start really moving. Mm. I think I remember hearing somebody that knew more more than I do about turkeys say that. So <laughs> okay, so all right. Maybe, well, let's let's get to everyone's favorite section <laughs> section of the podcast. Dave's rant. Dave, what what are we ranting about today? How is it the favorite section? I've literally done one. That got the positive reviews. <laughs> All right. Uh, my rant of the day today is hunting heights because stand this height. is a stand height and what height you hunt at because this is a popular topic on Facebook all the damn time and it frustrates the hell out of me because everybody constantly posts, you know, how high do you hunt? How high are you hunting? You know, blah, blah, blah. And you how always- high can you get with those sticks? Yeah. You always get the, the, there's always some people who come in there and they respond and they go, I don't know less than 30 feet. And I'm like, bullshit, dude. Do you know how high 30 feet is when you're in a tree? If I get above 20, I'm like starting to get a little butterflies in my stomach sometimes. Like, man, I'm up here. Some people that say they hunt no, no less than 30 feet, that they're flat out lying. I mean, your side angles are terrible at that point, obviously. And it's just, it's just a flat out lie. Because first of all, <sighs> When when someone asks how high do you how high do you hunt, if you have an answer to that at all, if you even have an answer, then you must not hunt that much. Because if someone asks me how high do I hunt, I can't answer that question. I hunt literally from eight feet to twenty five feet. You know, depending on the tree, depending on a, a million different factors. You know, where the cover's at stuff. So if you even have an answer to that, like, then 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 you don't know what you're talking about. Number two. 
like you said, how high can you get with so many sticks? So how high can you get with those sticks? How high can you get with those sticks? You got minis and you got full length sticks. Those are your two options right now in the stick game, unless you do some modifications, which are really popular as well right now. But all the minis are roughly the same size and all the full length sticks are roughly the same size. There's like an inch or two difference. So if you say you can get 20 feet with these four mini sticks, and then I use a different set of four mini sticks, I'm obviously going to be right around that damn 20 feet mark. You know, you're talking an inch or two difference each stick. I mean, simple math, stupid question. I'm tired of them. Constantly ask because how high can you get with three, four sticks was asked so many times that we actually made a damn video about it. <laughs> That's and a fact. And then they'll comment and not agree with it. And I'm like, dude, we put a damn tape measure to the ground. You know, don't agree with it what you want to, but this is the facts. And we use a smaller tree for that video. So we got higher than you usually could because yeah, a small yeah, it's tree, like a basketball tree, tree matters. Yeah, diameter of the tree matters a lot with how high you can get. And the spacing of the tree and your athletic ability, to be honest, because me and you are both kind of lengthy, uh, leggier guys. And, and you'll see these, you know, out of shape fat guys saying that they get 25 feet with three sticks and I call bullshit every damn time. I don't care how many aiders you have. You ain't swinging around like Tarzan on them aiders. And, you know, I don't that much. I use them for the first stick or two. I'm not taking an aider 20 feet in a tree with me. I refuse because I hunt a lot of times a year and it's just sketchy to do it every single time. And I refuse. So hunting stand height, rent of the day. Those are just some of my opinions. And that's that. All right. I think team hard earned bucks. We're out. See you.